Thanks for tuning in. You are now listening to the Sports Card Lessons Podcast with your host, Ken Cairns, a weekly sports card podcast with lessons he's learned in the hobby and life lessons he's learned along the way. So sit back and relax. There won't be a test. The only thing being graded is the cards. You are now on with Ken. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Sports Card Lessons Podcast with me, your host, Ken. I'm a retired teacher documenting my hobby journey here on the pod, finding teachable moments to share with all of you along the way. Don't forget to hit me up on social media on Instagram at sportscard underscore lessons. Hit the follow button. You can also find me on YouTube by searching Sports Card Lessons. If you like what you hear, please like, subscribe, and most importantly, tell a friend and spread the word. Welcome, everybody. I am so excited to have my good friend, Rob Gerard on the pod today. You know him as sports card therapist, and he also does the bounce with Amel Sarfani, uh, two podcasts I listen to faithfully every week. Rob, welcome. How are you doing today? Ken, 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 what's going on, man? How are you doing? Let me tell you, man, it's a pleasure to be on your show Uh you know, I know I came on early on. I think I was the first guest on your show, probably about 15 episodes or so ago. And you're, you're, uh, you're my first two timer. <laughs> dude, love it, man. It's a it's an honor and a privilege, man. You know, just to watch your growth um, as far as as a podcast, man, has been absolutely amazing. And, uh, you know, I I sing your praises everywhere, man, because your podcast is just is just incredible. So I never miss an episode, man. So I appreciate you having me on. You know, it's funny. I was listening to your uh, to your podcast today, and you were describing me to somebody, and uh, you said, you know, the, you said you said it was me, and then you said, yeah, he was he was dipping his toes in the hobby, and I just kind of came up behind him and pushed him in. <laughs> I thought that was hysterical, just the way you described that. I was listening, I was laughing. I said, I'm definitely going to bring that up tonight when you said that, but it but it was absolutely true. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what? That was right off the top of the head, man. You know, and uh, and and you know, I, you know, I, I definitely take zero credit for anything that you have accomplished in the hobby and you've accomplished with the podcast. But I do like to take a little bit of credit for uh, sprinkling miracle grow on your uh, on your hobby journey. You know, it's almost like a it's like a, a B twelve shot to the arm. You know, yeah, yeah, absolutely, so, absolutely. Yeah. And I would, and I wouldn't. I wouldn't be here without you. I, I literally, I wouldn't be here without you, you know, knowing you and, and, you know, you motivating me a lot. You know, we, we, we jumped into this hobby and, you know, we've been going really strong with it. And, and, you know, I look back, I, I just say to myself, it was the absolute perfect storm. I was the perfect part of my life. And, and if you would have told me five years ago, 10 years ago, 15, I don't care when in my life you told me I would be doing all this right now, I would have said, no, it, it would never happen, but it was the perfect storm. And, and yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely been a fun ride so far. And you know what, man, arguably, uh, you know, I don't know if I would be where I'm at without you as well, you know, because, you know, it's one of those things where it's like, you know, having that person to share that experience with you and, and, you know, just kind of being like, you know, partner in crime, you know, kind of thing, you know, just, yeah. we've kind of pushed each other and motivated each other. Cause I think back and I'm like, if I was fully in this hobby alone and I was setting up at shows alone, like taking these like two hour, 90 minute road trips each way to set up at shows with, you know, you know, not really knowing people, um, how consistent would I have been with that? And I don't know. I don't know. But you know, when, when you know, you have someone kind of doing it with you, it's, it's yeah. that much more fun. So, yeah, and, and that's like, why I think that the hot, it's so important in this hobby to truly jump into the people and the relationship side of it, because without that, I think you're just missing a lot. Yeah. Yeah. The friendships are the most important part of it. I think the hobby is almost secondary when, when you start with the friendships and, and, and I was just talking about, um, the pod I just dropped, uh, on Monday, just talking about now I haven't been to a last show in a couple months and all the people that I knew from those shows, all the dealers down that way that I haven't seen, I'm so excited. I'm more excited to see all those people than I am to actually set up at the show and now i'm messaging with people and everybody are you going to be there i'm going to be there are you going to be there so yeah it's exciting it's exciting 
Yep. Yeah, man. No, good stuff, man. And uh, and now I'm having FOMO about <laughs> not being able to set up, you know, uh, you know, and, and, and I'm cool with it. You know, it's totally yeah. my choice. But, you know, I just had a, a newborn son and a two year old daughter. So I think for and you and I, we've talked about this months ago before I even had my second kid. I said, like, listen, when I had we, my we were son, planning ahead, <laughs> we were definitely planning ahead. I said, listen, I'm definitely going to be kind of out of the loop a little bit, but um but i mean we still have some awesome stuff planned you know between between you know sharing space at national this year between sharing space at the east coast national in august i mean we have so many things still on the table that it's it's there's no end in sight yeah yeah absolutely absolutely looking forward to all of it um your 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 hobby lane is continuously shifting I know since you were last on the pod, you made a huge grail purchase of a goat. And now more recently, you moved a number of modern football uh, and bought up some some amazing vintage. So just just talk to me about uh, the lane shifts and what the ultimate goal is. I tell you, man, you know, I think like, you know, in, in life as human beings, as people, we just continuously evolve. I think, you know, it's like we, nothing ever stays the same in this. Why should this hobby be any different? You know, so I think where where I was, you know, a year ago, I was like, I'm going to start setting up and I'm just going to kind of use this as podcast content, you know, setting up. And then about, you know, nine months ago, up until about three months ago or so, um, I just got caught up in, which was amazing and so much fun, but I got caught up in just, you know, how many deals a day could I do? How, how can I continuously trade up, level up and get some of these monster cards? For me, it was like, I didn't necessarily want to get my grail cards. I think I wanted to get the most liquid cards I could get just to see how far I could go. And Finally, I started like setting goals of specific cards. And once I started doing that, um, I think my mindset kind of changed a little bit because, you know, I've talked about it on other pods of mine. Like, it, you know, it's like I would end up with an incredible grail card and that at any point in my life, I would just be completely humbled to own. And I would end up with this card and I would move it like within a week just because it was like I was more addicted to the chase i think and the transaction rather than being able to just sit there comfortably with my card and um so i think that's kind of where i'm at right now right i think i'm like uh, it, for me it's less about the transactions it's less about you know my true passion without a doubt is, is vintage and and you know when i talk about my pc pyramid it's mickey mantle and hulk hogan and both of them are purely vintage and um you know, I guess just for me, it's about nostalgia and, and I'm just kind of shifting and, and finding, figuring out what I like and, and what I don't like. And and that's the amazing thing in the hobby. It's like sometimes, and I know when I started and I'm very young in the hobby, but I started and I said, I really like these tennis cards. I really like these golf cards. I really, like, and I had, I had so many things that I really liked that I, you know, I was at wrestling and I was at football yeah. and, you know, UFC and, you know, there was so many things and I realized it's just too much, you know, and there's just too many things that, uh, you know, start narrowing my lane down and narrowing my lane down and, 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 you know, probably a little jealous of people like, like you that say, you know, my, my pyramid is Mickey Mantle and Hulk Hogan. Cause uh, my pyramid is, is really, you know, what's the most liquid card I can own right now, you know, that, that I, you know, I can move because I really don't know. I mean, I'm starting to get, you know, this, you, you know, I'm a Chiefs fan and I'm a Holmes fan. Um, and, and at some point, I, you know, I'm going to uh, achieve a nice grail card of his. And, and, and I think um, as much as I'm a prospector in this hobby, I, I I think I'm going to start buying up some goats, or I I have I have started buying up some, but um, and I've talked about this. If I'm going to be setting up at shows, these are the cards everybody likes. These are the cards everybody wants, right? So these are the cards that I should have, and just find the ones that I like. But it's just amazing for you know I've set up with you, and I've watched your case just change and change and change, and it, and it still looks great to all the people walking by. Yeah, it's like you well, know you know exactly what cards to get to put in that case that will stop those people in their tracks. 
Well, you are definitely getting there as well. And I think you are there, but you know, I could remember, um, about a year ago, even for the last 365 days, I've asked you, what are you working toward, Ken? Like, like I I've sat there because I think in, in my field, you know, I, I, I'm, you know, I'm always pushing for like treatment plans with clients, very goal oriented, you know, and, and I like setting goals. I like having to do lists because it allows me a chance to look at it like, okay, let me see the progress I'm making. I'm not just kind of floating out there in space. You know, it's like, I'm, I'm, I'm allowing myself to be accountable by having certain goals. So I've asked you like, what are your cards you're trying to get? What are your grails? And, and I don't know if I've ever gotten a real answer for, from you. I don't know if you've ever been able to either figure out or at least say out loud what it is you're working toward. I know you love the transaction and I know you love collectibles. And I love people and I love talking with people and I love to get all the information, but, but at this point, and, and we've talked about this so much, like I, I, I certainly like the grail football cards. Um, give me an example it, of one. Give me an example of one. Like Tom Brady, you know, like, like I have the Brady, the 2000 Bowman Brady. And in my mind, I'm always looking at the Bowman Chrome like upgrading, like taking this card and, and, and upgrading it to, to, to the Bowman Chrome. Is Brady my end all? No, but I, I just know that, and, and it may be coming from a business, like my, I have a great business mind. It may be coming from a business standpoint, knowing that um, I'm not going to lose. I don't think I'm going to lose anything on buying those cards, right? Um, it's, it's, if you did it in gambling, it would be a safe bet. Right. It, it would be, you know, it's a can't, you know, you can't lose on this. And, and I think because Unless the entire market is losing, you can't but, lose. But, but, but if it does, then it sits behind me in the, you know what I'm saying? Cause it's like stock to stock market sooner or later, it's coming back. And that, I mean, case, I, uh, that case behind you too, uh, if you guys are watching on YouTube right now, that case that sits behind you every week continues to evolve and continues to just look incredible. It's like, I see a lot of shiny stuff. I could see that Brady Bowman card you're talking about. I could see an entire row of Mac Jones. Do you have two Mac Jones XRCs next to each other? I do. <laughs> oh my God. Listen, man. And, and I know you've become definitely like a Mac Jones addict. Um, and I, and I think it's, you know, for a few reasons, right. I mean, at the end of the day, we live in new England and, and we do set up at shows in the area, the bigger shows. Yeah. So, you know, for the most part, those cards are going to be liquid. Yeah. Yeah. Like we, when we're setting up, you hear what the people are looking for, you know, what the people want and you hear what they're asking for. And, 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 and again, as a business thing, this is who I'm putting, I, like I could fill my, my case with Trey Lance, but I, I don't think he's going to sell as big here in New England as, as Mac Jones is. Right. So, yeah. well, you know what? I think for you, Ken, I really am just waiting for you to kind of settle down. And, and it's, and it, I, I've said it from the jump. It does feel like, you know, I got, I jumped fully in the hobby, probably about six months or so ahead of you. So like everything that like I've kind of done and all the steps I've taken, I feel like you're like probably about six months behind. Right. So whether if it's with like, you know, getting my case, leveling up, doing this, doing that, like, and you're finding your own way, you're doing it Ken's way, but yeah. I I'm waiting for you to get to that point where you're like, you know what? I think this is what I want to collect for my PC. This is my PC. Cause at this point, I don't know what your PC is. Do, yeah. do you have a PC? No. I mean, like, no. right, right. Like, like it, the only PC card I have, I don't even, I don't even own. It's not even here. It's, it's off at Panini somewhere waiting for, 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 for the Mahomes to go, Patrick Mahomes to go and sign the card before they send it to me. Realistically, that's the only PC card I own. Um, so, I have some, I have some high end, high end tennis cards that I purchased early on that I love the cards. Um, and they're in another case somewhere, you know, that I, I don't even bring the tennis to the, to the shows anymore. I just, I just hang on to those cards. I like those cards. Yeah, yeah definitely. And so, so I wonder like, okay, I, I, you are a lifelong chiefs fan, right? We know that you're a lifelong chiefs fan. So I do wonder when you settle down and maybe 
truly start to build your Patrick Mahomes PC? Because that does feel like the direction you're going, right? Is like probably building a Mahomes PC. So I am kind of curious to see when that happens. Yeah. And I would love yeah. to, I would love to see what that looks like. I would yeah. love to see what that looks like. Mm-hmm. And and unfortunately, I mean, I guess now with the market with the you know has 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 evened out a little, but you know, it, it's tough when your team and your quarterback, I mean, not for being a fan, you're, you, you, you're happy that you have the best quarterback in the NFL. Right. But on the opposite hand, I, you know, I wish I got into this in 2017 because I would have bought up all the, all the, all the Mahomes cards and, and it would have, it really would have been a thing of beauty here, here in my case. Right. But uh, time, timing wasn't on my side there. So, so I'll have to work you know, a little harder for those, uh, those Mahomes cards. But, but here's what I think of with you, right? Like, like you have these cards that, that right now you have probably the most liquid cards out there. So I don't even know if you realize that if you just were to start slowly consolidating and moving up with the cards you have now, you could get those Mahomes cards that you're talking about because Mahomes right now, I think is often overlooked. Like I think I think people are just sleeping on Mahomes for a few reasons. One, I feel like Mahomes the Mahomes market did price some people out, right? Like Mahomes almost put himself in that Tom Brady category as far as prices go. Um but what I've been seeing is is Mahomes prices actually dr- are dropping and I know when I was trying to move some of my Mahomes cards in the last few months to people like for trades and the trade up into bigger cards that a lot of high end dealers are like you know what I'm all set with Mahomes like you know people aren't wanting his cards I can't move Mahomes yeah. cards Mahomes is so hard to move right now yeah. so so with the cards that you have, it almost feels like people are sleeping on Mahomes also because obviously the AFC West is just completely stacked right now. And people are almost counting out the Chiefs, especially with Tyreek Hill moving. So I think now would be the time to kind of level up. And yeah. if you were to free up, like say like 15K of inventory or 15K cash kind of thing from your inventory, you could move into a massive Mahomes rookie, hmm. like a flawless you know, even in like that national treasures that I had gotten, like, I would love to see that, you know, cause I feel like that's the direction you're going in, yeah, but I know yeah. you're on your own timeline. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, I I'm excited and, and I've talked about this on the pod that I'm really starting to, to make some, some good trades. I'm starting to figure out the, you know, how, how to make the trades and, 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 you know, what angles to come at the trades and things like that. So, and, and I've gotten, you know, I've, we picked up some really nice cards with no cash at all. Just, just doing, you know, trading cards, which to me was pretty awesome. Yeah. A hundred percent, man. I, I've seen some of the stuff that you picked up and, uh, you know, blown away, blown away with some of that stuff. I'm like, Oh my God, Ken is just continuing to just like, yeah stack his inventory and you're making good, smart moves too. And, and I like what you said on your last podcast too. Um, uh, earlier this week, you had said that the deals you're making, you want to make sure that both sides feel good about the deals. You want to make yeah. sure that both people are saying, okay, this is what I like. And like you were talking about with that Justin Herbert um, auto that you picked up, you know, you were ready to go into your pocket for cash. And the guy goes, no, you know what? Give me that. Give me that Mac Jones silver right there. And I'll be happy with that. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and you, you let him kind of call the shots and, yeah. and yeah. you want to make sure people are happy. And, that's that's the great thing about this hobby. If you're a good person, just like in life, I do feel like you get rewarded. I don't feel like you get stepped on and walked all over because in this hobby, if you're someone that gets stepped on and walked all over, you're probably not going to last that long. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I own a business. I deal with customers all day long. And and in my mind, that's just my 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 mentality. It's built in is what I'm doing is I want to make sure they're happy all the time, you know, mm-hmm. and, and, and if they're not or or something's not right, let me fix it. Let me make it right. You know, so when I get to the hobby, I don't want to get to the point where I have to make it right. I want to be able to make make the deal and, and both sides you know, be okay with it or happy with it. And, and, and we'll both move forward together because at the end of the day, this is the community. These are the people that, that are following me on Instagram. These are the people I'm seeing at shows and I want them to come back to my table. I want them to, you know, if I say there's a trade night, I want them to say, Oh yeah, I want to be there at that trade night. I want to go down. So that's just kind of, you know, 
in my mind. That's that that's my thought process on that. Yeah, absolutely love it, love it, and um, and yeah, you know, I'm I'm having fun just watching you on your journey and seeing the things that you're doing, man. So, uh, and and you're documenting them phenomenally on the pod. So you know, Thanks. just keep it up, man. So uh, I know there was a a, a, blue, a Bruce Lee purchase. Let's let's hear about this. <laughs> uh, you know speaking, what, man? Speaking of shifting lanes, <laughs> yeah, man. So, um, it's like, so I have been trying to shift out of this mindset of um, of wanting to buy what I think other people want. I've been trying to shift out of that mindset because it's like. Um, if I'm wrong and people don't want those cards or if I'm like buying any of these cards too high, it's like that old wise tale or that old saying that people always say, it's like, if all the cards in the hobby went to zero, would you be happy holding what you have kind of thing, you know? And when I've been out and, chasing, and if they all went to zero, there'd be a lot of unhappy people. There would absolutely be a lot of unhappy people for sure. Yeah. But when I think about like, okay, what are things that, make me feel good and i don't mean that rush of getting a new card a new liquid card that i know people will will be in demand but i mean a card that makes me feel good because i know i want to keep it um so so i've kind of dipped my toe in a set building and this is something that i've always heard people say and i'm kind of like yeah i don't know that's that sounds like it's kind of slow motion for me i love being in the thick of things i love being when things are hot and heavy yeah. um but methodical, methodical right i mean set building there's a lot of cards in, in these sets there's a lot of cards in the sets and um yeah, a lot of cards in the sets. And on top of that, you know, it's like, it, but what I do like, though, is that it does enable you to continue to chase things, right? And you're, and I'm not out there chasing what I think everyone else wants to see or what everyone else wants. So I'll give you a couple examples real quick. Hold on. So I think what got me excited about set building was I um, was able to make a purchase right from from a mutual friend of ours of the entire scoring Kings insert set. Right. So I bought the entire scoring Kings, which is 1993, 94 Flare Ultra scoring Kings basketball insert set. So here's the Michael Jordan, which is the most popular one. There's the Shaquille O'Neal, which is the second most popular one. There's the Barkley. They're all BGS graded either 8.5 or nine. So when I posted that, right, I was so happy. I got such a thrill at a buying it. And I didn't think anyone else was going to care. Right. But people were like blown away. They're like, oh, my God, I've never seen that set all together like that. That's amazing. That's one of the most iconic sets of the 90s. And I was thinking to myself, like, OK, so other people do have appreciation for that. That's kind of cool. So started doing that then. Right now, I'm set building another insert set, which is another one of the most iconic insert sets, and that is the 92 stadium club beam team basketball so i have all these these are all inserts so all these beam team cards i only so here they all are boom 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 i only have two left that i'm missing i've actually been posting about them on instagram and facebook um it's just the jordan and the shack now they're not extreme they're not they're, they're short prints but they're not super super rare um yeah. i can go on ebay and buy them but people want astronomical prices so i'm tr i'm trying to kind of do it like old school you know i want to try to find a private dealer i want to maybe trade you know i want to so i'm i'm doing that um i have a 2003 basketball tops full set already completed um which is one of the most iconic sets from the best draft class ever lebron james Dwayne wade carmelo anthony chris bosh i mean just an amazing mm -hmm. i bought the entire set so i have that entire set so to get back around your question i end up buying this 1974 bruce lee card Okay, it's a 1974 um, Yamakatsu. I think it's 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 a Japanese magazine Bruce Lee card, and that's that's from the scene Enter the Dragon. So, <clears throat> so I have that in the PS. Are you a little young for Bruce Lee? I am, and I'm not saying I'm a huge Bruce Lee fan. Yeah, I'm not yeah. going to say that, but I am fascinated by this set. I'm fascinated by the set. So, so 
this Japanese set from 1974. I actually have a, a um, Andre the Giant one as well. I have an Andre Giant card, um, which is I've had for about a year now on my PC. It's one of my favorite cards I own. So I, I went on eBay and I and I've been keeping my eye on these Bruce Lee cards. And I actually just made a purchase of about 15 raw ones because there's a huge set. There's I want to say there's like 32 of them or something like that of these wow. Bruce Lee cards. So I just bought a ton raw. So my plan is actually to go to JA Sports Cards, your sports card store with Alan, and to go there and get and sent and submit through him to PSA and get these all graded. Um and and just kind of wait for them to come back in four to six months, you know. Nice. So nice. yeah, man. Now, so now what 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 set is that actually? What what so it's 1974 Yamakatsu. I, I'm probably butchering the name of it, but if you look on there, you can you can see it. Oh yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Mm. So it's a Japanese magazine, um, um, <clears throat> or Japanese set, and um, you know, so Japan they were releasing a lot of these kind of cards um, way before they were doing it in America with some of these things. Like like some of the earliest Hulk Hogan cards are Japanese cards. Some of the earliest um, Andre the Giant cards. Uh, Japanese card like the first American Andre the Giant card I don't believe was until 1982 with the 1982 wrestling all-stars but yep. there's Japanese card his Japanese rookie card is 1973 so you're talking about nine years earlier and that card is something that goes for um like a PSA 8 is about 10k of that Andre the Giant so wow. mine is a 1974 so mine's a second year Andre the Giant um which is only about a grand but um yeah, so it's it's like some of these really cool niche markets that I really am fascinated by. And it just goes back to my love of vintage. Like, I don't even consider 1974 vintage because to me, I feel like vintage is probably 1969 and earlier. But, I mean, when you think about it, 1974, we're coming up on 50 years ago. So it's like, <laughs> that's insane to me, you know. But, uh, but yeah, I'm just fascinated by these 1974, the Bruce Lee, the Andre the Giant. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kind of see where I can go with this, yeah. you know. So, and the thing is, I have... As I look around my room, you know, I'm in my card room right now. As I look around my room, I just have thousands and thousands of cards, right? So whether if it's raw, if they're in top loaders, if they're slabbed, I mean, I just have thousands of cards. So it's like I'm never going to not be setting up at shows, even if literally all I'm setting up is bargain boxes and, you know, $2 boxes. I'm always going to be setting up at shows. But I think, you know, you've seen it like with me. I can't not buy cards, especially if it's just to have inventory to move. Like I'm not yeah. saying I'm getting out of the, 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 the flipping game or anything like that, but yeah. I am trying to enjoy it more. I think as, mm -hmm. as, as a collector, yeah, because that's, that's my roots as a collector. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and it was interesting early on, you were making so many sales a day. I was exhausted. I mean, I would read, I would yeah. be reading through the, uh, you know, the, or our little wolf pack chat and, and I would be exhausted of all the deals you were making. And then you'd say to me, did you make any deals? I'm like, Rob, it's only Monday at noon. I mean, <laughs> you've already made 30 deals. I, how can I even top that? I could even come close to that. Yeah. I know, and, then, I know. and then you picked up your grails and then slowed down and now you picked up. Now you, you just picked recently picked up, uh, some vintage stuff too, besides the Bruce Lee, some baseball so so yeah so as far as new new stuff okay we'll talk about the new stuff like as far as the new vintage like like you know i got one of the biggest grails ever probably about two months ago with the babe ruth that's sitting right behind me you know it's a uh 1933 Gaudi Babe Ruth, um, and it's card number 149. It's him swinging through with the red background. So there are four Babe Ruth cards in this Gaudi set, but um, and there's only a handful of playing year Babe Ruth cards. So this came out when he was still playing. This is a playing year Babe Ruth. So cards like this um, are what just get my heart pumping. Like like just holding this card in my hand, it's it's the magnitude of this card is unreal, you know? Yeah. And, and the thing is, it's like me buying that card, I'm not going to be able to flip it for two X. 
in three months. I'm not going to be able to do that. Don't get me wrong. Like when I made those awesome deals and those, when I doubled my money on the John Morant RPA and the Jason Tatum RPA, like that was really fun. That talk about a rush because it enabled me to be able to buy more stuff. But you know, I think like that, that's a tough thing to chase, you know? And I think, you know, you're really gambling when you start talking about playing with money that high. So, um, so yeah, I'm, I'm finding myself just getting back to like what I love and that's vintage. So I'm going to, I'm going to grab some of my newest vintage I've picked up, um, just recently. So just raw i picked up a nice uh 1909 this is a t206 so i've been considering these t2 um t206 cards these are um tobacco cards so these cards you would pull from packs of cigarettes um between like 1909 to 1911 right now this right here this is just an easterly like if you look there's his portrait and then on the bottom it says easterly comma cleveland so it says his last name and then it says uh what team he played for and then then if you look on the back they had four different um advertisements so you never knew so there's four variations of each player's card basically so this is um piedmont cigarette company but at the trade night we went to I ended up trading away, I think, four Mac Jones, like rookies. Like one was the Origins on-card auto. I ended up trading away a bunch of stuff because I ended up getting this uh, T206 Joe Tinker. So this is a PSA 3. And I know this isn't as like sexy to people. I get it. Like people want to hear about like, oh, I just picked up the Zach Wilson XRC tie-dye. Like I, I get it. I get it, you know. But but this is stuff that's like really cool to me. So yeah. I was considering trying to set build these T206 cards. But the thing is, um, this card right here is valued at $500. Actually, my bad. This card is between... 550 and 650 because a 2.5 went for like 450 i think recently so and, and it's here. over 100 years old oh yeah oh yeah this is a 1909 yeah this is a 1909 so and it's in great condition i mean look at this freaking thing this is gorgeous um uh joe tinker he's a hall of famer so 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 anyway so there's like over 500 of these t206 cards and if if the average price of a t206 card is anywhere between two to five hundred dollars and they're most of them are in the thousands so you figure five hundred dollars on average times five hundred like that's a lot of cards i don't i'm almost thinking about throwing in the towel already on i'm thinking i'm going to try to start set building this um because that's that's like a five to ten year process you know yeah. but so anyways some recent pickups you know mickey mantle mickey mantle mickey mantle mickey mantle mickey mantle <laughs> Rob, do you are, have any you, mantles? <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, got some Willie Mays. Uh, this is another thing I got at the trade night. This is a 1951 Bowman Ted Williams uh, SGC3. This is in gorgeous condition. Oh, my God. This thing is like, this thing looks like it should be a six. Yeah. Yeah. And the yeah. color, the color in it is amazing. Oh yeah, the color is crazy. And and the thing is too, with when it comes to vintage, the clarity on a card is is so important because you know the technology back then wasn't great. So you'll get like a card like right here. This is a 1933 Gaudi. Um, this is you know similar. It's the same set from the Babe Ruth that I have. This is just a different player. But like some of these cards, they end up coming up really blurry, almost like you have to like squint your eyes to see them. Like it's almost like you're looking at a 3D movie because the printing quality was so bad. So clarity has played such a major role in in these vintage cards. So you know, I just love learning about this stuff. You know, I love learning about this stuff. I love finding a different lane and, and, and trying to do that. But one thing I'm discovering too, man, is these vintage cards, they're just as liquid as, as, you know, any of these modern cards. Yeah. There have been so many times where I had an, almost an entire showcase of vintage and I'm like, okay, I think this is going to be kind of like my collection. Like, even though I have it in my case and there's a price tag on it, I have it priced high. So I'm hoping people don't buy it because I really like it. And I'd like to hold on to it, but people just buy it. People just buy it. People just buy it. It's like, yeah. so it's not like I'm sinking my money into a money pit here because at the end of the day, I can liquidate the same way that you can with your Mac Jones, if yeah. not better because if Mac Jones goes out and has a bad year, yeah, no one's going to want Mac Jones. 
torn ACL or, or you know, anything on one injury. Even just ha- even if the even if he's having a decent season, but the Patriots just suck. Yeah. You know, even like if they have a terrible defense and and every week, you know, he could be throwing up 300 yards, but they're just not getting the W's on the board, you know, but the vintage it's like the vintage is always going to stay vintage yeah, yeah prices we're were always going to remain there's always going to be a demand for it yeah when you're at those shows and, and you just said you know you put these cards out and you hope because i've been there before you put a card out there and you're like i'm just going to price this so high so nobody buys it because i really want to keep the card and then somebody <laughs> comes somebody comes and buys it on you it, 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 does it bother you the whole way home like does, does it weigh weigh on you the whole, even though you made a a great profit on it and you you know somebody else overpaid because you wanted to keep it does it still bother you you know good question uh i mean it's my at the end of the day it's like i put it out there and and i think you know part of me puts it out there because of ego right like i want to i want my case to look good i want people to stop at my case i want people to know because i'm out there with the podcast i'm out there on these shows right so Mm -hmm. so i don't want them to see this guy setting up that has garbage you know what i mean it's like i i want my ego to feel like oh i have a good case too so it's like yeah i'll put my bangers in there too and um and and yeah i guess you know there's the only card i can think of that i truly regret i shouldn't even say regret i think the one card that i miss i don't regret it because i would do it again because it enabled me to grab this card Which is the you know LeBron James rookie auto out of two fifty ultimate collection. This thing is a monster. I'm hoping this hits a million dollars one day. Um, <laughs> so, but what is the 1951 Bowman Mickey Mantle his true rookie? Because that right there like brought tears to my eyes when I, when I was able to get that. That to me that was the biggest. That I don't think I'll ever get a card. I could get a million dollar card today, and I don't think it would give me the feeling that I got when I got that Mickey Mantle. Nothing will emulate that feeling because I think I was somewhat still early coming back into the hobby and just to be able to get that, you know, it was unbelievable. But without that, without moving that Mickey Mantle, I wouldn't have been able to get that LeBron. So, um, so there'll probably be another one in your future though. I'm hoping so. I'll tell you what, man, you know, I I definitely have my eye on it. And, And the thing is, it wasn't the perfect Mickey Mantle card either, you know, because it was, it was severely miscut. Um, you know, it was, it was miscut to the point where you it had issues. You were good to get rid of that card. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) I know, but it might not have been the best Mickey, but it was my Mickey. So yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's switch lanes a little bit national. Oh, couple weeks away. What what are you, what are you looking, what are you looking forward to? What, what is the top of your list? What are you most excited about? I'm most excited about seeing people that's it man i am most excited about seeing people so last year and you and i were having this conversation right i feel like every every conversation you and i have i feel like somehow make it on a podcast whether if it's yours or mine i feel like every time we talk on the phone almost daily and i feel like every conversation we have is almost like a dry run for either you or or my upcoming podcast but um so you know i was saying to you the other day on the phone that I felt like last year at national what you know i went to chicago um for me it was about the cards and because i i I hadn't truly spread my wings in the hobby and and built a strong relationship of a strong network of relationships yeah i was still i was still kind of like a new kid on the block or like someone that no one really knew you know so i saw a couple people shook some hands and stuff but over the last year i've been able to just build this vast network of people you know and it's been from having people on my show me going on their shows me doing deals with them seeing them at shows shaking hands you know them sliding into my dms you know just i've just been able to build a huge network so for me it is truly about seeing the people because i'm looking at it like you know what like yeah it's definitely gonna i'm definitely gonna see some cards there that don't necessarily pop up on ebay or that don't necessarily pop up on the instagram feed um but i don't know if i'm gonna i don't know if i would leave there with a card that i've never seen before yeah you know i, I know i know that my top three chase cards i know what those are my top three chase cards are a 57 tops bill russell a 52 willie mays 
or a 1984 star Michael Jordan true rookie. And I'm not just saying that because it's been hyped up the last couple of weeks because I've been chasing that thing for well over a year now. I know. Um, we, we, I've, I've listened to you talk about that many times. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, so, you know, for me, it's, it's definitely just about seeing people. It's definitely about, you know, mm -hmm. just putting faces to names and, and, mm -hmm. and what's cool is you and I, we, we have a spot, we have a table and it's right near the entrance too. So it's like, so I know what I'm going to be doing. And I'm sure you'll be doing the same thing. And that's the week of national blasting it out on our Instagram saying, guys, stop by our table, say hi, yeah. stop yeah. by and say hi. I don't even care if we make a deal. I, I just want to say hi to people. I yeah, just want to, yeah. you know, I just love meeting people that either listen to the podcast or watch the podcast or, or maybe just people I've conversated with back and forth yeah. about cards and just kind of admired their cards from afar. Yeah. And it's just people that know you just or know of you or who you are and they come up and we've been at shows. I see it all the time. You know, they, they walk up and you, we've never met these people before. And now it's starting to happen to me. I watched it happen to you all the time, you know, where they'd be like, Oh, I love the pod. Love this, love that, love this episode. Now I'm starting to get that a little bit too. So I, you I'm know what? Pretty... I saw it happening to you a lot at the Mohegan sun show. I, yeah. I saw, I was like, I was thinking like, man, good job, Ken. Like you're, you are getting out there, man. And, yeah. uh, and, and I'm so happy about that too, because it's not like, it's not just about getting out there, right? It's about building that network and, and, and you're on a journey and you're not out there trying to teach people things and, and try to pump different cards and whatnot, because that's, that's some of the biggest feedback I get from people, right? It's like, and, and I truly believe that's why you and I connect because I think we're, we're so alike. It's like, the feedback I get is like, man, you just seem like a genuine person. I've never once heard you try to pump a card. I've never once heard you try to steer us in a direction of like NFTs or this or that. Um, I've never gotten the impression that you're sponsored by anyone or that you're pumping a certain brand, you know? Yeah. And, and, and that's like how it is with you, man. You're just like, listen, this was, this is what I did this week. This is what I'm planning on doing. This is what I'm seeing. These are the things I'm learning. And what's crazy is you and I could be standing right next to each other. I could be at the same show as you but when i hear you explain it on the podcast it's almost like i'm hearing it and seeing it for the first time yeah. thanks i appreciate that i appreciate that I, I i enjoy my storytelling and i always say that i've always i could always see things from just a different angle um, two people be in the same room, listening to the same conversation or seeing the same thing. I, I, for some reason, I always seem to see it at a, at, at a different angle and, and, and we could tell the same exact story, but it would be completely different coming from me. Yeah. So I appreciate yeah. that. Appreciate those words. Um, for someone like me or anyone who's going to national for the first time, what advice do you give them? Um, just enjoy it, man. You know, you know, I hear a lot of people say like, oh, go in with a plan, you know, know what you want to do. You're definitely going to be overwhelmed because you're going to see a ton of cards and a ton of this and a ton of that. And you're absolutely correct. You know, yeah. th that's not bad advice, but I don't know, man, last year, it's like, I didn't really go in with a plan and I got pulled in a lot of different directions and I bought a lot of cards that I wasn't planning on buying. Um, but I didn't have a single regret about them. Mm. I didn't yeah. have a single regret about them. Like I was so thrilled, man, with the cards I came home with and, you know, just, I just loved it. What I would say is try not to spend all, uh, depending on how long you're going to be there, try not to spend all your money in the first 25% of the time you're going to be there. So yeah. if you, if you're going to be there for four days, don't spend all your money day one. If you're only yeah. going to be there a day, don't blow all your money the first hour you're going to be there. Yeah. I would say be patient, but yeah, man, like if you see a cool card and you're just, and it's, and you're just like, have this impulse to just buy it. Like, yeah, man, go for it. You know, just enjoy it. Bet better deals uh, at the at the tables or at trade night. Where do you think better deals are made? Or, or I say trade night. I think the way you described it, it's like trade trade everywhere. There's people oh trading God. in lobbies and you know. listen. It was it was insane. So last year, yeah, I mean the card collector too, and um, uh, you know. And, and Jimmy, you know, their card night or their trade night, it was insane. It was chaos. Um, but it, it was, 
it was kind of hard to see what was what you know it's there were so many people that a lot of people couldn't even find a chair so it was like a banquet room with a lot of big round tables with chairs all around the tables but it was like and the thing is too it's like once you sat there um once you sat there it's like you didn't want to get up and lose your seat because you probably wouldn't find a seat again but basically you're kind of stuck with who's at your table so it's like the trade night was cool it was a cool experience but you know i didn't walk away from there being like oh my god best trade night ever like i I think some of the smaller more intimate trade nights i've been to that are local were probably better deals to be had in my opinion um but yeah, I would say the tables, man, you know, it's like unbelievable, unbelievable. The amount of tables, the amount of dealers. I was there for three days last year and I could not see every table. I did not see every table after three days and I actually got lost. I couldn't find my way around. Like, like when I was trying to, I remember there was this one Peyton Manning on card auto. I think it was like a national treasure or flawless or something it was like out of 99 and it seemed really well priced it was like on card auto i think the guy wanted guy wanted 600 for it he said he would come down to four for me i didn't pull the trigger there i walked away and all day i was thinking about that peyton manning card and about how i wanted to go back and get there i couldn't find where the table was i had no idea where the table was i'm like it was a zoo it was it was just chaos and it was like so i knew i started to realize okay if i walk away from a certain table just know you're probably not going to come back. Like, don't lie to yourself and say, I'll be back to get this card. Because yeah. chances are it'll probably be sold or traded away before you got back there anyways. But even if it wasn't, good luck finding the table. Yeah, yeah. And when we made plans, gosh, it was back in November, I think, when we we booked our trip out there. We were just going as spectators, you know. I, then... I tried talking you into going last year, too. but You I did. Think- I you think did. it was two last minute. I think it was two last minute. I think you yeah. had plans and you were kind of like, ah, like you, you, you have to remember Sherry and her daughter have the same birthday in July and, and Sherry's mother is one day before her. And that was, it was three birthdays in that week. There was no way. And, and, and Hey, I, I never really, you know, we didn't really hang out much then. I didn't know if I, you know, we needed to spend time in a hotel room, you know? <laughs> no, absolutely. Uh, man. No, it was absolutely. just, it was last minute, but it was, I just had too much going on. I, I you know, I, I, I wish I could have found the time to go, but I think, um, going this year for the first time is probably going to be perfect for me. And now we're setting up. Now we have a table. I mean, now we're sharing a table. I'm going to be set up for three days out there. So I'll have one day Saturday to, and and I'm sure I'm probably only going to see maybe 10% or 20% of the, the actual show when I walk on Saturday, but yeah, I'll be set up for three days out there, uh, holding it down till you get there on Saturday. Yeah, absolutely, man. And, uh, and yeah, like you were saying, you know, to piggyback off that, it's like in November, you know, when we bought these VIP tickets, you know, um, and, and we knew back then, we're like, okay, we're going, we're going to be fully in it. We're doing VIP. We're buying everything we can. I don't think we foresaw the fact that we were going to be setting up because it's, it's, it's impossible to get a table or a booth at national it's it's kind of like the good old boys club like it's the same people that have been renting the same tables for 40 years and the only way to try to get space there's two ways either one you call national you put your name on a list of probably like five thousand people and then they do a lottery or they pull a few names and and you're lucky if you get a call um or you got to know someone that's that's just kind of like sub subletting, you know, maybe like a, a, a showcase space. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We're the lucky ones, sir. <laughs> you know what I mean? I think in, and that's I think that just goes back to building good relationships. Yeah. In the hobby. You know, it's like yep. so I've been getting, you know, I get so many DMs now from people that send me stories of people's story sale. You know, it's like they'll hear the podcast. They'll they'll have a general idea of what I like, who I collect, what I'm looking for. So daily, I probably get at least five DMs every day from people saying, hey, check out this Mickey Mantle for sale. Boom. They'll send me the story sale. Check out the right before I came on with you. Someone uh, cards by Joe, my buddy Joe. He um, he's from New Jersey. He sent me a story of a kid selling 80 
over 80 1951 Bowman cards, baseball cards. So I'm assuming they're probably mostly commons, but still over 80 of them. And so I messaged a kid. I'm like, Hey man, what's going on? You know, great looking cards. You know, can we talk? And he's like, yeah, Hey, I know you. I think we made some deals before. How you doing? So, so I'm excited to check the DM as soon as we get done recording to see if nice, there's yeah. uh, to see uh, what's sitting there waiting for me, you know. Yeah. So. And, and that's the thing about this community. And and I talked about that last week with me. Like it's like people call me now, or I'll get these uh, messages on Instagram saying, "Hey, what do you think of this Mac Jones? He's looking to get because all of a sudden I become this person who's buying all the Mac Jones up. Like I, you're I, the I'm Mac Jones Mac, expert, Mac now. Jones collector. And I, and I, you know, I'm not even a Patriot fan, which is the funniest <laughs> part of all this, right? Uh, but yeah, but that people are always reaching out to me now locally in the community and on Instagram, you know. So I, I, what I guess once I, I, I spread my, my, you know, what I'm PCing out there, then I'll get more DMs of you know diff, di- different you know, different cards, but I just find it interesting that people think of me when, the, when the, when these Mac Jones cards come up. Yeah. 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 Well, no, uh, that's awesome, man. That's really cool. That's really cool. Um, so, so listen, as a retired teacher with the podcast, with some focus, you know, on lessons learned in the hobby, uh, since you've gotten back in the hobby, uh, what mistakes have you made? Like what lessons did you learn from them? Uh, and if you just had a couple examples and it's just, Every week when I do the pod, I'm always trying to find a teachable moment and and maybe something I've overlooked. I mean, you listen to the pod, maybe maybe some other things that that you could think of that I could throw out there. Yeah, no, definitely, man. Um, and you know, I think I think you and I, I think we've probably made a lot of the same. And I don't want to call them mistakes because I feel like everything in life, right? It's almost like every person I've ever met in my life over the course of my life has made me who I am today, right? Like if I look back at like the main 50 people in my life or the main 100 people in my life from, from birth to now, and it was like a chain on a chain link fence or, or a, on a big long chain. If just one of those people was gone, I don't care who it was. I don't care if it was a fourth grade teacher. I don't care if it was my freshman girlfriend. I don't care if it was uh you know, a kid I met in detention, you know, if one of those people were gone, I might've ended up being a completely different person in my life. Mm -hmm. I might not, I I would not be sitting here talking today. So point being, I think every single thing I've done in this hobby has led me to be the person I am today. So I wouldn't change anything, but I think a few of the lessons that I learned um, was that I think I automatically assume that everyone was going to love SGC, right? So an SGC is definitely number three in, mm-hmm. in this space. Um, yeah. But I think, you know, when I was starting to grade a lot of my modern cards with SGC, um, I noticed those cards kind of sat for longer. And I realized that like, you know what, they just don't hold the same value as PSA. So yeah. those were some lessons that I was learning early on. So a lot of cards, I, 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 it's almost like between the value of the card and between what I paid for the card and what I paid for the grading through just say SGC. It's like a lot of these cards, I literally just broke even on. So there's been a lot of plays that I made that I thought for sure I was going to make some money on. And I just continued to break even whether yeah. if it was me buying a raw vintage card and saying, you know, I'm going to grade this and watch it's, as long as it comes back a four or better, I'm going to make money. It comes back a three and I literally break even. And it's, <laughs> yeah. so it's like, you know, for me, I like to try to buy my stuff graded. If it's high end, I want to buy it graded, you know, and, and I think it's just kind of learning from my mistakes and, and trying to figure out what my lane is. Also, kind of like what we're talking about um, before, I think, and and I might jump back into this lane because a lot of my close friends, I mean, you included, but a, a lot of, you know, I've become friends with, with a lot of high end dealers that they know what people want and that's the stuff they get. Because what it does is it enables them to make 10 to 20% on every single card they make. And then that 10 to 20%, that adds up. And so yeah. their inventory continues to grow and continues to grow. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, 
I know I got back into this hobby a little bit late. So, you know, I didn't have a massive collection in 2016 that that turned into half a million dollars by 2020. Mm-hmm. So I, I've kind of been building it up piece by piece. And that's an expensive endeavor. I've, I've come to realize there's no way I can compete with a lot of these showcases I see at shows. And there's no way I compete with a lot of these accounts I see on Instagram. So mm-hmm. since I can't do that, I might as well love what I'm getting. And I might as well love what it is I'm buying. Yeah. And 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 going back with the SGC, um, I found the same thing too. And of course, because we were doing this together, we were we were subbing cards together to SGC. Yeah. And I've been in the process of moving all my SGC, you know, uh, in leveling them up, level leveling up, you know, taking a bunch of them and trading, try to trade them off and do whatever. Because I just don't. I, I I think it works for some for some cards you know maybe the older wrestling and things like that but any modern you know the football nobody nobody wants to see sgc everybody wants to see psa and bgs and that's it i mean those are the two and and if it is uh uh, an sgc they're looking at the card to buy it crack it and 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 regrade it with with somebody else you know that that's what they're buying but yeah definitely some good advice there um yeah. And, and, you know, I don't even, you know, I think it just, there's so much to learn in this hobby, you know, and there's so much, there's so many ways, I guess I could have answered that question, but I think what I love most about the hobby is it's truly just the people, you know, it, it's the people it's, it's being able to build the foundation for who I am. It, it It's helped me become a better person outside of the hobby. So it seems like, the stuff I've learned and how I've been able to grow in the hobby has helped me become a better person outside of the hobby. It's helped me become a better father, a better husband. Um, you know, it just feels good because as an adult, as an adult, so my neighbor was just over last night. We're out there, we're cooking on the grill. You know, he's got a daughter, my age, he's got a daughter, my daughter's age. So it's like, we all get together and stuff. And, um, he's like, he's like, I really don't have a hobby. Like, think about that for another grown man to just kind of put it out there to another, like, like, I really don't, I I need a hobby. I don't have a hobby. And I was like, I was that guy. I'm thinking like, that sucks. Yeah. Yeah. I was that guy. I was that guy. And I look at you at 39 doing all this collecting by the time you, you know, you get to be my age, you know, when you're, when you're getting ready to retire from the state and things like that. I mean, your, your collection is going to be massive. You know, I, I, I was, I was not in at 39, I was buying stocks and mutual funds and, and, and which is not bad. <laughs> it, no, no, no. It, it, it allows me to do all this now, right. Yeah, it's allowing yeah, yeah. me to do this now for, for the most part, but yeah, I, like I'm a little envious because, and I was that guy, I never had a hobby. It wasn't until, you know, I mean, my, my hobby really was my kids. And, and, and I, we, you know, they played sports and we traveled a lot and I did a lot with my kids. And when they, you know, went off to college, I was that guy and being like, oh, I really have no hobby. And I started going, you know, up, up to Mohegan Sun and things like that. I had other friends that, you know, were doing that and I got a little bit involved in that. And, um, it wasn't until really I started playing golf that I kind of really knew what, even though it's a sport, to me, it was almost like a ha- hobby. It gave me direction. It gave me something to do every week, something to look forward to. Um, but I knew I needed, there was something missing. And, and, and when, when this, this hobby came around, yeah, it was, but, but I think if I was doing this back then, I would never be here now. Right. I may have been burnt out from it, you know, doing it. I may have, I may have gotten involved in something else as, as, as you know, when I, got into retirement so kind of like what you said with that chain you know with that chain you know if one of those links was broken where would you have ended up yeah and and i call it the perfect storm but yeah same thing mm-hmm. and yeah and, and and very well said man and you know i appreciate your your honesty on that and just talking about you know finding yourself and saying you know where am i going and and what am i doing who am i um but i have heard of just a lot of, you know, a lot of people I've talked with recently have talked about hobby fatigue and it could just be because 
maybe that's something I was experiencing. And I think that's why I decided to take my foot off the pedal a little bit, you know, because, you know, you could only redline it so long. Right. So it was like during winter, you know, when, when you, you know, we're, we're going to those last shows and I'm making these massive deals and these massive sales and taking that money and putting it back into these cards, selling that it's like, that's like redlining it, you know, because yeah. you have so many highs, so many mo- emotional and mental highs and what goes up must come down. So at some point, it's like you got to take your foot off the pedal, maybe get in the slow lane a little bit and just put it in cruise control at 55. And I do feel like that's what I'm doing now. And the fact that I am in cruise control at 55 right now, I'm really able to enjoy the scenery a little bit more. Mm, yeah. Yeah, just a little little less stressful. You're able to look out the windows, left, right, out the rear view, right? You're not it's not like going down the highway with your foot all the way to the, the pedal to the floor, you know, swerving in and out of traffic. You know, like, like like the way that you drive. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, there's there's been a few times where I've had to put my hand on the dash real quick when you're I, driving. I've watched you hit the brakes. I'm like, well, those brakes over there, they don't work. The only ones that work are the ones on my side. <laughs> Uh, uh, all right look we're, we're coming on to an hour here and the, la- the last thing i want to talk about uh is just another you know awesome thing that that you know knowing people uh we were able to get is the uh the east coast national um so let's talk a little bit about that oh man that's going to be a huge show um new york state um you know east coast national at the end of august it's uh uh, 500 plus dealers. Uh, you know, we were able to get table space for all three days. We got, we have our own booth now, two eight foot tables. I mean, 16 feet of real estate in a show that is, you know, and from what I believe and what I was told is bigger than Dallas. So, you know, the East coast national here is, is the second biggest show just behind, uh, national. And to be able to have 16 feet of real estate for you and I, that's, that's pretty good, yeah. man. So yeah. I'm definitely looking forward to that. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, I, I think, you know, just like we've talked about before and I heard you quote it, so I appreciate it. You've quoted it on your podcast, a uh, participation is required. Right. And I think part of the pie for us is setting up and, and that's not part of everyone's pie. That's fine because there's some slices that that guy might have over there that I don't have in my pie. But for us, I think that participation, a, a big part of that is setting up at shows. And and when you set up at shows and you're participating in this hobby, for me anyways, it creates a lot of opportunity. You know, mm-hmm. so participation creates opportunity and yeah. opportunity creates incredible ways to get cards every time i set up at a show i shouldn't say yeah just about every time 98 percent of the time i set up at a show i leave that show being like oh my god i cannot believe i just got this card today i would have never imagined i would get this card so very rarely am i disappointed and i think that's because not because i'm necessarily buying what i think other people want but it's because i'm buying what i like you know it's i'm buying the stuff that i feel good about you know whether if it's the 82 wrestling all-stars whether if it's mickey mantle you know um just you know stuff like that don't get me wrong i sprinkle in some modern here and there you know because i want to i want to be able to level up too i want some cards in my inventory that i i don't feel an emotional attachment to but um but yeah man i mean for me setting up a show's uh, opportunity, uh, you know, participation creates opportunity. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think too, you know, when we're out there and we're doing it, I think people see what we're doing. Um, they trust us. So, you know, when, when we're, we're, we're ending up with other people's table space at some of these, the, it, you know, it, it's something they don't have to worry about. Right. And, and I know that's huge, even though, um, people will sell this stuff maybe to people they don't know. But for us, I think getting these opportunities is people meet us, they get to know us and they know what we're about and, and they trust that, you know, we're going to do, we're going to go there and we're going to represent, you know, represent them or that table very well. They, They don't have to worry about it. And I think that's huge. You know, I think that that's huge in this hobby, just being trusted by, by, by people. Yeah, basically, because when when you're getting 
and and I think what you're saying is like when you're getting opportunities to set up at massive shows like this, it's because you know someone. It's because yeah. you are vow someone is vouching for you or someone is kind of in a way putting their rep or their name on the line for you. So you never want to embarrass anyone. So, yeah. but they know, I think when, if, if they know, you know, Ken from sports card lessons or Rob from sports card therapist, they know they're getting guys that operate with integrity and we're not going to go there and be jerks. Yeah. And, and, and it, and we're not the only ones. There's people lined up for this space. I oh, mean, yeah. there, there are people that kill for this space. So we're not, yeah. we're not the only ones. We're the ones that are being trusted with this space. Yeah. 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 So Rob, tell, tell everybody where they can hear, where, you know, where they can find you, where they can hear your podcast. Yeah, man. So, you know, all the same ways that you're listening to Ken on, uh, you know, sports card lessons, all the same ways that you're listening to him or watching him just look up sports card therapist. Um, yeah, I've, I've, you know, just loving it, man. Loving the hobby loving the hobby, loving the people in it and, uh, you know, loving what we're continuing to do. So, you know, keep it up, man. I'm cause I'll, I'm just, I'm just watching from the sideline, man, watching, right. listening to your episodes every week. And, uh, you know, just, you, I feel like you make me step up my game to the next level. And, and likewise, and likewise, I, I feel like I've got a, you know, a mentor that, uh, you know, I'm trying to, trying to impress every week too so yeah it's, it's, nah, it's dude you're there man that the students <laughs> become the teacher <laughs> rob thanks for coming on uh, i want to thank everyone for tuning in and if you like what you hear please like subscribe and most importantly tell a friend spread the word until next time be good to yourselves and everyone around you